This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Good morning, church. Once again, I know I've been up here a couple times already and said this, but again, if you missed it, if you're just tuning in, welcome. We're glad that you are joined us this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. It's a beautiful day, and so we know you could be out somewhere else, so we appreciate that you've tuned in. But hey, even if you're watching this later, uh, we love you. We hope that this blesses you right where you're at, whatever time it is. And so why don't you turn with me in your Bible to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to start reading this morning. Um, This is one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible, one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. Um, it, it makes me kind of emotional every time. So if you're looking for a crier that's not Pastor Mike, I might be your guy this morning. Um, but we love the Bible. We love it because we believe it's not just a collection of books that are just factual or historical, but that they're actually inspired by God that God inspired those authors to write down what they wrote. And so therefore, we believe that God is speaking to us through these pages. So this morning as we read this, I want to encourage you that this is not just simply reading some historical account. This is actually reading something that God can speak to you today, right where you're at. And so as we read this morning, would you join with me? If you have a Bible, we're going to be in verse 24. That's Mark 5, verse 24. And it reads like this. It says, Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe... I will be healed. Look at the faith in this moment. If I can just touch Jesus, if I can just get to Jesus, then I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, and this is, this is of critical importance right here in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Why don't we pray this morning as we turn to this passage and look for what it is that God's speaking to us. God, we thank you that you are speaking. Lord, we thank you that you want to communicate with us, that you want to encourage people, that you want to build people up and even challenge people. So Father, this morning, I pray that your word would go forth from here, that it would take root in people's hearts and it would flourish. God, that it would produce fruit in our lives. And Lord, I pray even for myself that my words would fall to the floor and be forgotten, but what you're speaking to your people would be remembered and taken to heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever experienced a moment in life Um, where you just need things to change, um, and it happens really suddenly. Like often in life, when we need things to change, change happens slowly. Change can sometimes take a really long time. Um, Especially in Christian faith, sometimes we're like, yeah, change is a process, growth is a process, transformation is a process. But then there's sometimes these moments of breakthrough. 
where things just change really quickly, where almost seemingly out of nowhere, things can change in an instant. I mean, I'm particularly fond of this one breakthrough memory that I have where I, uh, you know, coming back from college, ran into this girl that I used to go to high school with, and she was very, very attractive, and I was very, very awkward, as I still am, and I had this nine-month plan to ask her out on a date. Nine months. Fellas, that's too long. I know that now as a married man, I know that now, but what was crazy, work out this long process of actually getting this girl to date me. One day she was sitting in my car and talked to me for five hours. I kid you not. And I was like, okay, good hanging out. And she was like, yeah, it was great. And then we just start the conversation again. And you're like, okay, it's like now getting on like kind of late. This is almost moving into inappropriate territory here. And one time she, she's getting out of the car and I, she's done this like three or four times. And then she turns around and just goes, do you like me or what? And I was like, uh, uh, I do. Yes, I do. I like you a lot. And she was like, that's what I thought. And then gets out of the car. And I'm like, no, 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 come on back. We got to finish this conversation. But it's funny how I had this huge, long nine-month plan, but my now wife was like, this is ridiculous. We need to just get some breakthrough here. We're just going to call this thing what it is. We're going to call it out, and we're going to move forward with a relationship or not. She had just had enough of it. She's very Italian, and I love you very much. Emily, you, I love you. But it's crazy how we have these moments of breakthrough where... A lot of the time we're waiting for this long change. And in Christianity, sometimes we really embrace that idea. We're waiting for God to do the long work in us. And no doubt, God does that. Sometimes God wants to bring out maturity. Sometimes he doesn't make things happen in an instant because he's trying to teach us something. But then there are some times where we need breakthrough on our lives, where God is actually saying, hey, we need to deal with this. We need to get this behind us so that we can get you on the road that we're going down. You know that God actually wants you to have an abundant life? Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life. He doesn't necessarily want you to be bogged down with sin and the things that entangle us as we're trying to work out our faith. So it doesn't make any sense that God would go, it always needs to be this long process. In fact, what we see in this story is that sometimes God goes, we're going to change that right now. I'm going to bring breakthrough and we're going to get onto the road that you need to be getting on toward abundant life. Sometimes we just need breakthrough. So let me ask you this this morning. Where do you need breakthrough in your life? Where is it that God is actually trying to change things in your life, shift things in your life? Maybe right now you can even think of it. Maybe it's something that you watch. Maybe it's something that you wear. Maybe it's something that you drink. Maybe it's something that you take. Maybe it's something that you say that comes out of your mouth, but you just can't seem to stop. And maybe you've been trying for years. Maybe you're like, man, it's been nine years of struggling with this thing. So I guess it's just a long process. But what if God's going, yeah, but I actually want to set you up for breakthrough today, right now. No more of this. Let's move on. Let's move into life. You know, sometimes as the church, we can actually get into a place where we're like, well, thank God for his forgiveness. But maybe God's going, yeah, I have forgiveness for you, but I also have freedom. So let's move into freedom this morning. Let's leave behind the sin that so easily entangles us and just run the race that God has put us on. So this morning, I want to talk to you about breakthrough. I just very simply, simply called this message breakthrough because that's all it is. We're going to talk about how to set yourself up for breakthrough because God partners with us and doesn't just all, do it all for us all the time. Sometimes we actually need to go, God, I am willing, here I am, do what you need to do. And so this morning, I actually believe that this story is a really great representation 
of what it looks like to set yourself up for breakthrough. Now, we have a hard time when we read stories like this, kind of understanding everything that's going on because we're not there. We're reading it 2,000 years later, and we're trying to understand all of the intricacies of what's happening in this story. So I'm just going to walk you through this story, try to set ourselves in the moment and imagine what's happening in this moment in Mark chapter 5. First of all, this woman is, is, has been bleeding for 12 years. Now, you need to understand something about the Jewish context that that would mean for her. It would mean that she is ceremonially unclean. What that means is that anything that she touches is unclean. Any bed that she sits on, unclean. Any couch she sits on, unclean. Any bowl that she touches, unclean. It means that any person that she touches is now unclean. And so what that would mean is that socially, she's already a bit of an outcast. And what it also says in the story is that she's gone and spent all the money that she had on doctors trying to get better. So this woman's broke. And if she can't touch anything, that means that she can't find employment. She can't get a job because everything she touches becomes unclean. So what it most likely means is that this woman is sitting at the side of the road begging for money. But here's another nice little caveat. This would also mean that she can't have physical contact with another person. Now, for some of you people that were in isolation by yourself, you know what that means. You know what it means to not be able to hug someone for a month or two months. And we're like, this is agony. This is torture. This woman wasn't able to hug another person for 12 years. 12 years. And not only that, but when she would go out into public spaces, she would have to announce that she was unclean to everyone so that they would keep away from her. So imagine the shame as she comes out to the street to go and beg as she finds her spot and every person coming up to her, she goes, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. No, stay away, I'm unclean. Imagine how challenging it is when she sits down at her spot and as she's sitting there with her little money bag in front of her, she's going, I'm unclean. Someone may be coming up to give her money and she says that and then they go, oh, back up and, and throw it in. Imagine the shame for as 12 years Every single day, she has to go, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Stay away. I'm unclean. You can't touch me. You can't give me intimacy. You can't be around me. I can't even touch anything of yours. You need to give me distance. Imagine the toll that that takes on a human. And the way that it would work in Jesus' day, since there wasn't social media, since there wasn't news coverage, is that people would go ahead of the crowd. People would go ahead of Jesus to announce that he was coming into towns. Word was spreading. And so what would have happened is that one of these days when this woman was sitting there as she's begging, as she's asking for people, as they're coming up, someone would have come by and gone, Jesus is coming. And she'd go, sorry, who's, who, I'm unclean, stay away. Who's Jesus? And this person would have explained, oh, Jesus, you haven't heard of him? Oh man, we think he might be the Messiah. He's healed blind eyes. He's raised people from the dead. He heals, all he needs to do is touch, his, touch people with his hands and they recover. They, they get healed. And imagine as she stores that away in her heart. And as she's sitting there day after day going, I wonder what that could mean for me. And then imagine one day as someone runs in front of a crowd and goes, Jesus is coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. And she goes, wait, 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 stop, stop. Come here. I'm unclean. Stay away. But who, Jesus of Nazareth, the healer? Yeah, the healer. The, we, the one we think might be the Messiah, the Messiah, he's coming right now. And imagine as she sees a dust cloud in the distance, she stands to her feet and she looks down the road. Imagine as her heart starts to start beating faster and faster. She goes, this is it. This is my moment. This is where I'm going to get healed. All he needs to do is put his hands on me 
but I'm unclean. What if he doesn't touch me? What if he won't come near me? If he needs to touch me, then I'm going to miss my miracle. I'm going to miss my breakthrough. I'm going to miss my moments. 12 years, every single doctor, all my money gone. I'm going to miss it. And then she has this moment. This little thought that forms in her head where she goes, I'm going to do it anyway. If I can just touch his cloak, if I can just get to Jesus, I'm going to be made well. I am not missing this miracle. And so imagine as the crowd starts coming by, they've gotten closer now. Imagine she covers her face or turns around so people don't recognize her. And then she just slips into the crowd. Imagine as she's elbowing her way through people, breaking the law the entire time as she's doing this, making those people ceremonially unclean, something that she would be in a great deal of trouble for. And she just gets close enough and reaches out and immediately feels the change in her body. Imagine what that would have felt like. Imagine the elation as she goes, it worked, it worked, but she can't say anything. She needs to get away from that crowd. So she turns away. She starts to walk against the crowd that's coming, but Jesus goes, wait, who touched me? Imagine the moment as people stop walking and you're trying to walk away and you go, oh, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. And she just turns around to try to blend into the crowd. And Jesus goes, who touched me? And she would think, I'm unclean. He's a Jewish male rabbi. I I shouldn't have even touched him without his consent, let alone the fact that I'm unclean. I am in trouble here. This is not good for me. And imagine the moment as the disciples going, Jesus, like he touched you, he touched you. You're in a crowd. A bunch of people touched you. But Jesus goes, who touched me? And he's waiting. Imagine the moment where she comes out trembling drops to her knees before him and tells him. I imagine through, through tears, as she's saying, for 12 years, I haven't felt another person's touch. For 12 years, I've had to say I'm unclean. For 12 years, I've begged at the side of the road. I've spent everything I had. Nothing's made it better. I've only gotten worse, but I knew if I touched your robe, I'd be healed. And it worked. And imagine as Jesus looks at her and the crowd, now the whole crowd is going, I know her. She's, oh, she touched me. I'm unclean. Perfect. Now I need to go and wash. Now I need to go make this right. What were you thinking? How inconvenient are you? He's on the way to go heal someone who is dying and you did this? And you would think that Jesus has this moment where he comes down on her in anger. But in fact, what does he say? What does he say right at the end there? He says, daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. What I love about this story is the way that she sets herself up for breakthrough. And so if you're taking notes, I just want to give you three quick points about how we set ourselves up for breakthrough, how we position ourselves to say, okay, here I am, God. You need to do what only you can do now. Because breakthrough is what happens when a process that would take a long time happens very quickly. Or it's what happens when something that is completely impossible suddenly happens. So what's happening in this moment is she set herself up for God to do what only God can do, to accelerate a healing process that might never happen, to do something that no one has been able to do. And the first point is this, she was desperate. She was desperate. Now it's funny because when we talk about desperation, that doesn't sound like a positive thing for the church. 
But if you look at it, she spent 12 years, all her money suffered at the hands of all those doctors. Nothing worked. Everything made it worse. She's poor. She's on the side of the road. She is desperate. She's willing to do anything. For all we know, she might not have eaten in days. She might not have had enough money. Not to editorialize here, but the reality is this woman was desperate. She was waiting for God to do something that only he could do. And often, we need to start setting ourselves up like that. We often see desperation as a bad thing in the church. We see it as a lack of faith. We see it as a lack of joy. We're like, what's wrong with you? Just pray, have faith, pull yourself up, buy your bootstraps. And this woman was like, I don't have that. I'm just desperate. But what I can actually say to you, church, is that we need to maybe get a little bit more desperate. And if not a little bit more desperate, a little bit more honest with ourselves. The reality is that desperation is what happens when we feel like we are out of options, or at least when we're running out of options, where things are starting to look grim, when things are starting to look bleak. And time and time again, desperate people in the Bible make it into Bible stories. Abraham was waiting for a child. Jacob had betrayed his brother and thought he was going to die. Moses is sent down a river in a basket. Then he goes back to free a people from slavery. And while on the way out, the Egyptian army comes after him. And that's right. He has the Red Sea in front of him. Desperation often leads to breakthrough. Because when we're desperate, it actually pushes us to call on God, to cry out to God. When we acknowledge our desperation and seek God, it opens up the opportunity for a miracle. It opens up the opportunity for breakthrough. But sometimes we don't want to do that in the church. We're like, no, no, my life is good, brother. <laughs> I got faith. What do you mean? Like God is good all the time. All the time God is good. Amen? Amen. But actually, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we're like, no, you know what? There are things that I, I just can't seem to fix. I've been struggling with this thing for nine years, 10 years now. I just can't seem to help it. Every, you know, open up that computer, take that drink, take that substance, whatever it may be. We, we, we're like, I, I just can't seem to stop gossiping. I can't seem to stop talking bad about people. Every time I'd get on the road, it's like, whew, I only have one finger and it's not a good one, you know, every single time. And I want to change, but for some reason, I just can't, I can't. And we try to put it down. We try to push it down. We try to deal with it in our own strength. But what if this morning church, we actually just need to get to a place of desperation where we go, I need to change and I can't do it. The other danger of desperation though, is that we don't turn to God. The one danger is that we push it down. We pretend it's not there and we don't actually acknowledge it. The, the other danger is that we turn to other things, things to distract us, things to numb us, things to make us feel like everything's okay. I've already heard in uh, Korea this week, there was an article about revenge shopping, where people who had just come out of isolation went to the malls and spent four times as much as they normally would because they were shopping with a vengeance. And you have to ask the question, what are we trying to numb? What are we trying to put away? What are we trying to make ourselves feel better? Are we trying to hide the desperation in our life? And often those things are not positive either. In fact, a lot of the time that pushes us into sin pushes us into habits in our life that are destructive. But can I just tell you this morning that God actually wants your desperation. He doesn't mind it. He can handle it. He actually likes it when we come to him and we say, God, I need you. There's no other way to do this. There's no other way that I can make this happen. There's no other way that this thing that I have been trying to deal with is going to go away. I need a breakthrough. We need to get desperate, church. 
And not only just for ourselves, we need to get desperate for our city. We need to get desperate for the people that don't yet know Jesus. We need to get desperate for the people that are going through life without hope. We've put up those billboards and that's an incredible thing because we're saying there is hope for you, but we also need to be contending for breakthrough for those people. We need to be getting desperate and going, God, do what only you can do in our city and in our country and in our nation and in our world. Do what only you can do. God can handle your desperation. And unlike the doctors in this story, the things of this world can't fix your desperation. The doctors in that story couldn't fix the woman's issue. In fact, they made it worse. So often the things that we turn to instead of God when we're feeling desperate, they don't improve things. They actually make it worse. But when we turn to God, it opens up the opportunity for breakthrough. And so my second point this morning, the first one again is we need to get desperate. The second one is we need to fight for encounter. What I love about this woman is she pushes through this crowd. I mean, technically she was breaking the law of the Jewish customs. She was breaking Levitical law. And at the same time, she's like, it doesn't matter. I just need to get, I need to push through whatever I need to push through. I need to reach out. All I need is a little touch of his robe and I'm gonna be made well. I'm gonna be made clean. I'm gonna be healed. What an incredible faith. But the reality is we need to have that same mentality where we go, I, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling desperate. I need to get to Jesus. I don't need to get to other things. I need to get to Jesus. And we need to fight for encounter. We need to be the kind of people who fight to read our Bible when the schedule gets busy. We need to be the kind of people who fight to read our Bible and do prayer when there's something entertaining on TV or when life gets hectic and when life gets chaotic. I understand that life can be that way, but the thing is that that is a crowd that we need to push through. We just need to get to Jesus church at whatever means necessary because he's the only one that can bring breakthrough. We need to be people who engage in worship in our living room or in the shower or in our car or wherever it is that we're going because we are honoring God for who he is and what he's done. We need to be for encounter. So this morning, ask the question, what's the crowd you need to get through? What's the thing that's holding you back from encountering God in your life? Because that's the kind of thing that we need to get through, push through, find a way around. We need to fight through the crowd. In many ways, we used to be able to have this incredible encounter pretty much tailor-made for us by coming to church. Walking to the Bell of Rose, the lighting's at a comfortable level for you to lift your hands. The music's nice and loud. You can sing along. We got a great team up there. Got some great lights going on. The production's amazing. The words are on the screen. And then we come up and we do a nice smooth transition into announcements. We get up, we preach the word. It's fun. It's engaging. It's enjoyable. You've read your Bible. You got a little theology. You've had an encounter. You go home. But if you want to encounter now, well, you gotta, you gotta make it happen. We're doing this great stream and we're hoping that you're getting fed from this. In fact, I believe that you are. But at the end of the day, we've moved into a season of going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I encountering? Because everything else has been laid bare and I, I need to recognize for myself, I need my own personal devotional. I need my own personal prayer life. I need my own personal moment of worship because I need to get to Jesus. I have a financial situation that I need to get to Jesus. I have a health situation that I need to get to Jesus. I have a relational situation that I need to get to Jesus. Whatever it is in your life, the solution is Jesus. The solution is getting it to Jesus. Our God who provides, our God who protects, our God who heals, who binds up the brokenhearted. We need to get to Jesus. And so if we can get to Jesus, all it takes is a touch. So we gotta fight for it. 
But notice something powerful here. She was desperate. She fought through for encounter with Jesus. But then also what does this, what happens in this story? Jesus stops. Jesus stops and turns and calls her out. Now that would be scary for her in the moment, but, but let me just give you this. Point number three, we need to let him break through. And you may be like, Matt, I, th I thought that's what we were talking about is breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, but there's a difference between the breakthrough you're looking for and the breakthrough that God wants to bring to you. This woman was looking for healing. She had her breakthrough the moment she touched his cloak. And then Jesus goes, wait, we're not done. The breakthrough's not over yet. The breakthrough's not complete. Who touched me? And as this woman is having this moment of fear, what Jesus is actually saying is, no, no, you're not done yet. Your breakthrough's not over. You've only gotten this little bit, but I'm about to deal with something a lot bigger. Sure, I've healed your body, but I'm about to heal your soul. Imagine for 12 years walking around every day, having to say to every single person you see, I am unclean, I am unclean, I am unclean, I am unclean. Imagine what that does in your brain to your identity as a person. Imagine what it would be like if you walked around every day going, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. It would have a toll on you. And this woman has had 12 years of her identity being set in the fact that she is unclean and unworthy and untouchable. But what we see in Jesus, he goes, that's the breakthrough I need to bring. Not only are you not going to be unclean anymore, but I'm gonna remind you of your identity. You are a daughter. You are brought into my family. You are brought into my kingdom. Your healing is complete. Go in peace. Jesus didn't walk away from that moment because the healing wasn't over. The breakthrough wasn't over. There was still something that he needed to deal with. For us in our lives, church, there may be things that we bring to God and we go, I need breakthrough in this. And he may go, yes, and this. Yeah, you need freedom from that sin, but I also need to fix this part of your heart. Yeah, you need freedom from that habit, but I need to fix this part of your identity. So we need to actually allow ourselves, when we fight through, when we get to that encounter with God to say, have your way. Do your will. I want to know you. I want to encounter you. I want you to fix all of me, not just part of me. God, I'm not just looking for provision. I'm looking for wholeness. God, I'm not just looking for things. I'm looking for abundance in my soul. I'm looking for joy in my heart. I'm looking for peace in all of my being. God, I need you and I need your breakthrough. And you know what, church? He wants to do it for you. God wants to do that for you. I actually believe that the greatest breakthrough that you can possibly experience is knowing Jesus. The prize of this moment was not even necessarily that this woman was healed. The prize of the moment was that she's now a daughter. And there's a God out there who wants to touch you this morning and wants to say that you are a son or a daughter. He wants to bring breakthrough in your life in ways that you don't even think is possible. And so this morning, I wanna ask you the question, what breakthrough do you need? What breakthrough do you need? And are you ready to get desperate, to fight for encounter with God, to push through the crowd of distraction and noise and everything that would come against that, and then to just say, God, have your way in my heart. And you know what? Maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus. You're like, I, I need breakthrough. <laughs> I recognize it. Man, there's parts of my life that are just a disaster. That's why I'm watching this morning. Man, I've, I saw your billboard and... It's stupid in my mind, but you know what? For some reason, I'm here. Hey, that's okay. We're glad that you joined us this morning. And there's an invitation that goes out to you to become a son or daughter of God in heaven.
to join into the family, to join into his kingdom, to experience wholeness and abundant life. The best and first breakthrough that you can possibly have in your life is coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, where you say, you know what? I've tried living my way and look what it got me. It didn't make it better. It actually made it worse. I got to hand things over in my life and I'm not super comfortable with it necessarily, but I, I know that I need to let go of these things. I know I need to be made whole. And when you're talking about abundant life, man, something about that resonates in me. Maybe right now as you're watching, you're thinking about things that you're like, I need breakthrough. I need, I need to know Jesus today. And let me tell you, the invitation's open for you. Paul in the book of Romans says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that he raised from the dead, we will be saved. We will be saved. What that means is that you come into the kingdom of God. If you say, God, I'm done living my way. I want to start living your way. I want to put my faith in you. I want your breakthrough, not my own breakthrough. That means that you can actually become a Christian this morning. You can place your faith in Jesus. You get brought into the kingdom. You become a son or a daughter. You become part of the family. And you also get invited into God's kingdom to live with him for all eternity. But not only that, to experience that kingdom here and now in the world around you and in your own life. So if that's you this morning, if you're like, man, I, I want that. I don't understand it entirely. Well, we can help walk you through that. But if you want that, I would just encourage you right where you are to just lift up your hand. Just as an act of faith, this is just a symbol for you to just say, yeah, that's me. I am acknowledging to my own self that I want that in my life. To just lift your hand up right where you are. We have people praying for you right now. We have people believing for you right now. If that's you, you want to make that decision, lift your hand up right now. And I'm just going to pray a prayer and I would love for you to pray along with me. Just pray right after I finish praying. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are a God of breakthrough. Thank you that you have called me to a new life. Jesus, I am done living my way and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you are God and I believe you raised from the dead. And so I ask you today, to make me a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, there are people clapping. You can't hear it, but there's also in heaven, it says that there's a party going on because you've now been saved. You now know Jesus and now you can experience that breakthrough in your life. And if you prayed that prayer, we would love to get in touch with you. We'd love to contact you and help walk you through any questions you might have. And all you need to do is take out your phone and text the word faith to 902-903-2682. You text that number and someone's gonna respond to you and help answer any questions you might have about your faith, help pray with you, help get you some resource to make sure that you're starting that journey well. And hey, I also asked the question, do you need breakthrough? And for those of you that maybe you're not a new Christian, maybe you're just like, I have things that I need prayer for, you can also text prayer to that same number, 902 903 2682. And if you text prayer to that number, just text the word prayer and then just put your prayer request in in a different text. We would love to pray for you. We'd love to stand with you and believe for God to do breakthrough in your life. So as you do that, we're just going to have a moment of worship and uh, we, we want to thank you for joining us. We love you guys and we'll see you next week, church.